Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we explore the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. In this, our fourth season, we are looking at Kenneth Branagh's 2011 film, Thor. I'm Andy Nelson from the Next Real Film Podcast, still sans Matthew, but hopefully he will be back soon. Today, we are talking about Minute 94, which begins with Frost Giants storming Odin's chambers and ends with a happy reunion between Frigga and Loki. Joining us on the show today, we have James Anderson and Colin M. Parker back, hosts of the Timeline Scavengers podcast. Welcome back, gents. Hello. Oh, I'm waving. This is a podcast. I don't know what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We heard We heard the wind. We heard the wind. <laughs> That's a... Heimdall heard it. Well, yeah. happy Thursday to both of you. Uh, it is Thursday. And a very blessed Thursday to you as well. Yes, and also to, with you. And uh, we we love celebrating Thor's Day by talking about our favorite Thor moments. It can be from one of the movies. It can be from a comic. It can be from one of the animated shows. What is your favorite Thor moment? Who wants to start? I'll start. Yeah. Go for it. Uh, Thor Ragnarok. He's hanging from the from the thing. He's talking. And he spins and he's just, he can't see him anyways. Oh, hold on. Wait. Hold on, I'm coming back around. That I was gone. I was gone. <laughs> that, that that is very good. <laughs> when Thor yeah, gets to be like Flight of the Concords, that is when uh-huh. I am uh, just fully, fully in. That's when I knew Ragnarok was going to be yeah. different. Yep, same. <laughs> well, I was going to say same thing for like that same earlier part of the scene where he's like narrating and you're like wondering who he's talking to and it turns out it's just a skeleton. Yeah. You're like, okay, yep, this one's already hitting very different. Uh <laughs> It's hard to pinpoint because at this point, again, as being like a Thor expert of our show, I've been intaking so much Thor content uh, and it's hard to define things. I think for comedy, like the funnier moments of of uh, Thor, pretty much all of Ragnarok is just like per- like the I think the perfect part of Thor in the MCU. And I think they finally found something that worked um, because like the kind of ancient god who's super formal in the midst of all this other stuff is just it just kind of begins to drag um after a while like the jokes don't feel like they work as much anymore because you kind of hit it and then that's if that's your only joke eh. um as far as seriousness though goes i think one of the coolest things they ever did with thor was infinity war when he enters the battle um in uh, wakanda That entry is, I don't know if they've ever had a better entry of, like, a superhero in any movie. That was powerful. It was strong. And the way they, like, went onwards with that scene, now that he's there to sort of turn the tide, was absolutely incredible. I see you've copied my beard. Yes, uh, all of that. (laughs) Um, And then just as, like, a side note and, like, a very short thing— the most recent run of Thor comics has been very good. Uh, the it's the the 2020 series of Thor. Uh, it's you know only like 12 issues in basically at this point, uh, but they've done some really cool things with uh, him fighting with and alongside for a little bit Galactus and even taking some of Galactus's power. It's a wild run, and then they address finally like the Donald Blake situation, um, and they did some wild stuff with. Donald Blake and that whole persona and stuff like that. It's wow. It's I I don't know how to describe. It. I mean, it's just it was bonkers, like start to finish that whole arc. So you know, I would definitely check those out for comics. They're 
very enjoyable. Nice. For uh, Thor Comics, I'd, I'd like to um, make a petition to bring back the he can only not be touching uh, Mjolnir for a minute before he turns back into the very weak Donald Blake. Because <laughs> uh, that has some tension in the 60s when it was like, oh no, <laughs> I'm going to turn back into it and th- I can't survive a dragon as that weak do- human doctor. Yeah, that cripple. Let's bring, as bring that back. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Plus, was, he yeah. won't have his walking stick because he won't have... <laughs> Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There were there maybe were some not, rough patches, not. some rough patches there. Right? What if season oh, two? <laughs> what if I I got to say though that's kind of what this is. This the the, the stuff that they did with Donald Blake was kind of like what if Donald Blake actually wasn't super weak, and what if Donald Blake could become kind of unto a god? You know what I mean? Donald and Body Blake, really cool. There was yeah. a point in the script uh, early on, not at the point where they were ever filming it, but where they were contemplating having Donald Blake be a separate actor and it would turn into Thor. Liam and they Hemsworth. were actually starting to talk about casting two different people to play each of them. And I can't remember who it was. It, it definitely it would have been Matt perfect Damon. to be the brother, but it was no. somebody else. And, and um, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm really glad that they didn't go that route because that would have been. Yeah. That would have been rough. I just don't think that that whole idea of Shazam works. You know? Also too much to do in that first movie. Yeah. Well, let's talk about this minute. So we're, we're starting with Frigga. Um, and, and I mean, this is, you know, it's, it's, uh, we've got a powerful moment with Frigga here. She, she has Odin's sword. There is a, uh, we're right behind. It's almost like a, a shoulder cam. We're on uh, with this frost giant as, as he walks toward her and she takes him down with one strike and he is on the ground out. Uh, unfortunately, Lauf is immediately behind this, uh, this Jotun and pops up to backhand Frigga. And, um, yeah, I mean, I tell you. So this is this is how we're starting with this. We've got Laufey walking in, uh, Frigga, you know, killing one Jotun. But uh, what's your sense of kind of this the the way the minute gets started here? Remember um, Star Trek Two: Wrath of Khan, where where mm. Ricardo Montalban was like quoting Shakespeare and stuff. Well, no, that was the oh yeah the old. I think there was another guy that, that quoted Shakespeare too. Um, that was brother? Christopher Plummer. Christopher in Plummer, Star right. Trek Six. Um, was he Khan's brother? Do I no, he was a Klingon. That? Okay. Oh, right, right, right. It's like this having Rene Russo and Kenneth Branagh and and Anthony Hopkins and all these people in this comic book movie is so wild to me because Rene Russo is so classy and you don't see her swing a friggin' sword <laughs> ever in like when I mean like Thomas Crown affair no 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 we didn't see her swinging any swords or whatever so it's so cool to see her like get to be warrior style when she's like i don't know a different i don't know did you see see lethal weapon 3 she was uh, she was pretty she was pretty uh kick butt in that well now now i will have to do that because uh thor spin off lethal weapon 3 Really, I mean that—that's kind of how she broke out. Is because she was Mel Gibson's equal in that, and like they were trading scars and everything. I mean, she was very, uh, very much kind of that—that that perfect uh, counter to him, and it was—it wow. was very fun. So yeah. I've seen I mean, Lethal Weapon it one, is what it is, and then but... the beginning of Lethal Weapon two, and then it gave me bathroom anxiety, so I stopped forever. <laughs> I forgot that that's how that movie started until you said it. And that's I was, a joke. Immediately, is it? <laughs> immediately remember how that movie started. Um, yeah. I do have a question, though, about mm. this scene okay. uh, or this part of the scene. She is like they mention it later 
uh, not so much in this movie, but she's like a powerful like magician, like right. <clears throat> wizard. I don't know what term they would she's use. A sorceress, witch. sorceress. Yeah. I guess she's oh, yeah. a witch. Um, she is like ungodly powerful. Why did she pick up a sword? The thing that she's like. I mean, again, I hate to keep you doing like the D and D thing, but this would be like you have a like a wizard, and you're like, great. Now do a melee attack. It's like. Use magic missile. Use any kind of magic ability you have. But instead, you're like, ha, this will work. Odin's sleep is is sapping all of her magic points, her MPs. She doesn't have, I don't know. Is that that how it works? Mm -hmm. Oh. Is definitely one of my questions, though. It's like this is Frigga. Like, why? Like, why are we not doing more with this character? And again, you're right. We probably just at this point in the film don't have time to kind of continue exploring. Oh, by the way, she's also a witch. Let's watch her do some magic here. It ends up being just a lot to kind of get into the film. But I I did feel like this is one of those things where if they had found a way to develop that a little bit more, we could have had something a lot more interesting here with Frigga. And I, I, I feel like, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Kevin Feige really figures out how to involve a lot of characters who can do a lot of different things as we start seeing all the team up films. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, at, at this point, I don't think they really quite had it figured out, but I mean, I think they absolutely could have developed that with Frigga and have had that in the film and it would have made perfect sense. I think that's the main reason why the warriors three didn't work out was because they hadn't really figured out the group dynamic thing yet. But also this is also pre Disney money. So I'm also wondering if it's like, we do not have the budget for another CGI power blast attack and like all this stuff. Give her a sword and just swing it. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't take any CGI to just go, you know, that I, I feel like there's a very finite amount of resources um, because like you can really tell when the stuff, like when the money and like the ability to do more came into play because when Thor is flying across the bridge, it's like really kind of, weird how much he stands out against the background <laughs> and it's like very clearly green screened in he's and then like Colin. yeah I, that's true i guess i guess he stands out in any crowd am i right um no but like you know the the later on movies and scenes that he's in it's like so much more believable it's realistic they can do so much more visually there's way more lightning and thunder like the further in you go you know what i mean i mean for a god of thunder not a lot of lightning from him Really, I feel like in this movie, just with the destroyer, yeah, yeah. So, well, no, actually, he 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 uses some lightning and Jotun, yeah, and Jotunheim, definitely. And he Jotun, destroys the which tower, which I feel like is where so, a yeah. lot of that budget went. Um, yeah, but I mean, so yeah. it was a good fight. It was a very powerful oh, yeah. fight, yeah. In, in my opinion. Well, that's that's why I think people should do the uh, the Christopher Nolan route, one for me, one for you, where it's like you do like a film noir, Jessica Jones esque, you know, hero for hire. Uh, what do we got? Uh, Nightwing sort of deal, and then you do your big space CGI battle. You have to bring the quality on both of them, but you can just have sort of a this one takes place on Earth sort of deal. And then, I mean, and it kind of did that, but you're right. I think you're absolutely right. The Disney money, you can tell when it's like, ah, we're going to crank, it's like Star Wars. Ah, we're going to crank these out. Well, this was and, still a point where they hadn't proven that right, like exactly. this, this whole thing could work. I mean, we're we're only four films in, and they're still right. going, can, can we do this? Can we can we plan a sixth film, have four and five, like, right, ready in the wings, get them out, and then actually make this whole thing work where characters pop in and out? And so, yeah, it's still very untested. And so I think... Was it Iron Man, Cap, 
Iron Man 2, and then this? Okay. Iron Man, The Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, this, Captain America, the first Avenger, and then Avengers. I do like The Incredible Hulk, but I forget about it sometimes, (laughs) a little bit sometimes. Because it was posthumously, for lack of a better term, added into the MCU. It wasn't, like, initially their idea of, you know what I mean? I mean, like, they had some, like, teases and stuff like that, but, like... Yeah, when Universal you, owned the rights at the time, right. and so that's or still actually still yeah, do. That's, right. that's, that's the complexities of it. So it's it's a it's a different animal the way that they have to kind of integrate that. And so it's, it's same with Spider Man and stuff. Listen yeah. to season two of the Marvel Movie Minute if you want to hear more yeah. thoughts on. <laughs> that's I, right. I, we got a whole season say, um, about that one. You know, it's interesting though that like the conversation about CGI battles and like how things get improved. Turns out Disney was paramount to the Avengers uh-huh. success. Huh? Uh-huh. Oh my! There it is. Oh there my. it is. That yes. was that one's for James. James <laughs> that's a James joke. Colin brought the thunder. I uh, <laughs> uh, love it. Brought the thunder. So here we have Laufey. Let's uh, jump back. Here we've got Laufey. His incredible red eyes. His those gross fingernail near the guy's eye. Red yes. eyes. Yeah, those that fingernail, like that icy, gross blue black fingernail. You know, uh, thing though, was yeah. it actually like unhealthy? Because like. Nails might be different for other people. You know exactly. What I mean? it, like, for for an uh, for a Jotun, it could be right. a very well manicured nail. Like a French right. man, yeah. Right. I shouldn't judge because it might be. It has to be that thick to like get through ice and stuff. You know what I mean? Like I hate to be kind of gross about it, but yeah. But I mean, again, that's to that's to cut through ice and stuff. But to my own um, human sensibilities, yes. Is absolutely. he like <laughs> is he like Spider Man? You know how has how well Spider Man Toby. Toby Maguire Spider-Man right. can generate Hair the web hands. fluid in his own body. Right. <laughs> Here we see Laufey generate the ice with his hand. I mean, we've seen it throughout the film. Right. This is something sure. the Jotuns can all do, but maybe their fingernails or part of their hand is like a little ice manufacturing thing. And it actually kind of like pumps the, pumps the jelly out that turns into the ice. I'm Look out for the black now, ice. I actually, you know, part of this does make, does raise another question because you were talking about like him, like touching his face and stuff. I had a question, like I, and I'm glad that we hit this point because I didn't notice it in any of my watches until we watched it just now. And I was, I guess, it's watching enough times for you to suddenly see it in a much larger scale or context. Why does both Laufey and Loki, like, why are they whispering? I don't understand that aspect. Like, you're about to kill your enemy, right? I can't understand why you wouldn't be like, and now. You will like suffer at the hand of Laufey, right? Like instead of he was out of breath from running along the Bifrost. That one, <laughs> it's like a right. super villain ASMR. It's so weird. He's like, "Hey, and now I'm going to." <laughs> that's how Laufey has been through the whole film. Like he is a very quiet character. So I, I, I guess that's his character. It feels, that's probably it, what it feels quieter came up here. With, yeah. I don't know. It might be because there isn't space between the two. Like he certainly is a quiet speaker. But, like, there still is the ability, or, like, I guess, I don't know what the word is, but you get the sense that it's loud enough for people to hear them when they're on opposite sides of a field and it still carries. But, like, it's so weird that in this moment he's also still like, hey, what's up? Welcome to my welcome to my YouTube channel, right? Yeah. And then Loki <laughs> does the same thing. Like, he's making again, fun he, of him. I guess, but, like, it's the idea of, like, he comes in to save the day, right? And, like, this is his whole thing, Right. This is his secret plan all along kind of thing. And instead of being like, I want to make sure that anyone who's outside of the chambers hears me do this because it's not just enough for my mother to see. I feel like you would be like, 
and you have you know suffered at the hands of of Odin's son, right? Like it's so weird that he also is like, and you die at the end of Odin's son. Like just whispering it. It's so weird to me. I'm like, be powerful with your statements, folks. This is public speaking 101. You got to stand tall, stand firm like a tree and you plant and you you deliver, deliver that line. It's so, it's so weird. It's so gentle. And they're like murdering each other. Maybe it's because they're trying not to wake Odin. Yeah. Maybe uh, have you thought about there's a sleeping Respect. person in the room here? Exactly. But then and, why would and you maybe open there's his somebody eye? outside the door. It's like kind of mess with him, you know. It's, it's like, like the librarian like is outside the do- the door. You know, oh, like putting his hand in a bowl of water. He's like, yeah. he's gonna wake up and he's gonna have Odin, Odin peed himself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's Odin peed his Odin bed. It's gonna be so his, funny, you it guys. Is Odin diapers. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Odin, Odin depends. depends. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's, I mean, yeah. Well, here's the other question I had. So he, he pries open Odin's eye. And, and I, mean, I do like that the hand actually does look bigger. It, it, you know, it fittingly looks like a, you know, a little bigger hand. So I think that they did a good job with that. But then we cut to a shot of Odin's eye after after uh, Laufey has let go of the eye to yep. form his ice, ice blade in his hand. And and Odin's eye is just wide wide open, mm-hmm. and I'm like, is it going to stay that way now until someone else comes along, uh, presumably, and 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 shuts that eye, or like, well, is it? I was just permanently about to say open. I was going to say, do you think he froze it a little bit? Like, do you think <laughs> that him prying it open then being like, just like zapping the skin, so it's, it's a like, tiny bit. like a, a Christmas story, like you know, licking the pole, but like instead, it's just your skin to skin. That's a good idea because. In uh, when they're battling on Jotunheim, we have the frost giant who who grabs Volstag by his arm and his arm turns necrotic. It it, it mm-hmm. freezes his flesh. And same thing. Well, they do it with with Loki too, but of course he just turns blue. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's the, he could have just touched it just enough to open the eye mm-hmm. and then also to freeze it in place. Do you think that was that's Anthony awful. Hopkins's actual eye, or is it a stunt eye? Stunt eye. This is this is James' new thing. If he sees a, a body, it's, we part, zoom out and we see yeah. like the, the camera pulls back and reveals. What's, what's the guy's name? Colm Fiore. Colm Fiore. Do you think he was like, "All right, Colm, today really is the day. This. You're going to touch yeah. Anthony Hopkins's face." Here yeah, we go. Pull, pull his eye open, but I but I don't think it's his hand because it's it's a stunt giant hand. hand. Oh, secret stunt it's, hand. Yeah, is right. Exactly. They found somebody with a very big hand and painted it blue. I don't now, know. do you think that it might be also kind of like some of the way that they do some of the trickery for other bodies where it is essentially him actually touching him with like a mocap thing on, essentially, and then they just like embiggen just that part of his body? Like yeah, something like that. Yeah, they can, because because it's just it, got a very large man. That's kind they of could, what they do with like Skinny <laughs> right. Steve is they basically take part mm. of his body and they digitally remove part of his body. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's like, or they just, like digi- they digitally put his head on another real skinny person's body. Yeah. They- well, it's, it's like a composite. I was, uh, I read this whole like article last night that I was like, kind of like James does that thing with comics. I like got to the end of an article and then hit the next one and just start going backwards in time about stuff. And they were talking about how like part of it is, his body and then another actor's body. And they do this thing where they digitally remove part of his body to fit over top of the other actors, essentially. 
um, to make it because like part of it is that like it has to. I think the biggest part of it was like the neck connecting. I think or yeah, something. It's it's a certain part of the body needing to look realistically right. connected or something like that. It's fascinating. Mom, to watch mom, them. I got the part. I got the part. You're Captain America. Well, kind of. Uh, kind of. <laughs> we, we made this joke. This. Yeah, yeah. yeah we made the joke with the guy who's the 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 actor who played Hawkeye for all of the running to the thing and everything because <laughs> we never really see that person and right. it wasn't it, you know Jeremy Renner was just brought in after the fact for some close-ups right. so very funny <laughs> I, I do want to point out though that as as we're looking at that eye and and, and Laufey pulls the eye open mm-hmm. I love that we can see his reflection in Odin's pupil that we can actually see yeah. Laufey in that I, I just and this is the second time that we've done that the other time was of course with, with Heimdall when he's looking down on Thor um, um, after Thor fails to pick up Mjolnir in the uh, the cube containment cube, um, so it's just great. I love that they're playing with reflections in eyes. It's a very tricky thing to film. Uh, obviously, they're doing it digitally, but it just it looks very cool to see that little reflection of a very comic yeah, book exactly. sort of uh, exactly. approach. Yeah, um, very cool. So, all right, so we've got all of this going on, and Thor's flying in. My question with Thor is. Um, why is he flying straight across the bridge? Would it make more sense to kind of fly up at an arc if he knows where his dad's bedroom is or the Odin's chambers where he has his Odin sleep? Wouldn't he fly kind of up at an an angle so he can actually like land on the terrace outside? Or does he have to like fly through the front door and then take the elevator all the way up? Well, it's like pomp and circumstance. It's like you return home and you're like a royal. So you have to make your way through the town so the people can see you. It's like it's an unnecessary parade, but it's like, you kind of got to do it. It's just a sort of a duty. Everybody's waving. Oh, here he comes. Okay, there yeah. he goes. All right. Thor. Okay, he's going. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. We can go back to watching our shows. <laughs> right. All right. So anyway, back to the stuff with Laufey. So Laufey is now straddled across Odin. He He's ready to stab him. And this is where we have this surprising moment when there's a blast that comes from nowhere and it knocks him off the end of the bed. And what were you expecting? Do you recall what you were expecting with this? Did we think it was Thor at this particular moment? Like, did he get here in time and and he is like swung his hammer to hit Laufey? Uh, was it a surprise to you when you saw Loki standing there with Gungnir? Or do you even remember? <laughs> I, I, I Watching it this time, I, I feel like there's no way that someone along the way was like, and then Loki shoots him. And they're like, they don't have guns. And he's like, oh, okay, all right, uh, the, the, the end of the thing. Um, I, I, at this point, I was, I was like, I don't know. I have no idea what's going to happen. He's going to stab. Oh, nope, he's not going to stab him. Like, Loki being there was not a surprise. I, didn't, I don't think any expectations were subverted um, because it wasn't a hammer. I didn't think it was Thor. But that's just me yeah. being led along like a, ch- a small child. Um, Colin? <laughs> I, I mean, I definitely... <laughs> It's that thing of I, even in the first viewing, I wasn't surprised. And I think it's for the same reason that we were talking about when did he split off kind of thing, because he very clearly leaves with them, but then doesn't show up when they do. And I was like, so this dude's just kind of playing all sides just to see who comes out on top or, you know, and I I guess I was expecting him to think maybe Odin was going to wake up or something, but then to have him do the actual killing, Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, to find out that in comic books they had done basically the same thing. Like, he does a whole thing of, like, going back in time to talk to his former self to, like, set this whole thing up to make sure that Laufey falls kind of thing. It's like, you know, it it's sort of this 
predetermined thing that Loki's always kind of done, I guess, across all timelines is just be like, Laufey left me to die. Uh, so guess I'm going to return the favor. I think there's something magical that they're doing with never showing someone come into a room. Especially like the guy, like, you know, like they, we don't show, they didn't show Loki like walking in, like, haha. Because I think that they're trying to do a sort of like, he just appeared there. Like he's like, they're gods. They, I mean, like walking from chamber to chamber is a thing that, that we've seen them do. But in this movie, I, I'm trying to justify why we never see any transitions between like people arriving or leaving scenes. And in this area, I like not full sets. Oh, that's fair. Um, right. Um, that's fair. But, um, Optimus James here would like, uh, (laughs) it to be because they're trying to, uh, convey a sense of like, he wasn't there. And then he all of a sudden was there. He like appeared, but they don't want to do like a, you know, I dream of genie. Yeah. Like pop into like, stop, Go on, go on to the set there, Tom, and and then they film again, um, which is cool. Yeah, kind of a, a a neat thing to do, and so I've made my peace with it. So that long journey <laughs> is over. You're you're good with it. I it it is the whole thing with the. I I think I mean now is probably a good time to talk about Loki and his um his plans yeah. and what he's mm-hmm. been thinking to do. Um, I, I just want my one little note here is, you know, cause he comes in, he has his line and your death came by the son of Odin as he kind of then blasts uh, Laufey to, I don't know. I don't know if he disintegrates him. I don't know if he just gets knocked out of so. frame. Uh, but anyway, he's, he he's done part for of the golden dust above. Uh, it, exactly. That's yeah. more stuff for him yeah. to market. Oh right? yeah. Cause um, he has to be moisturized. So that would make sense. Th- exactly. Um, that is a picture wrap on Colm Fiore as King Laufey for the film. So uh, our second picture wrap this week. Yeah. Um, but I did, I did wonder. Um, so since Loki said, and your death came by the son of Odin. So is he going to officially as guardian officially change his name from Laufison to Odinson <laughs> when he, this feels will like, he have to do that. I just finished watching Ted, Ted Lasso season one. And there's a character in that, that keeps at the end of episodes being like, I've really learned a lesson. And then the beginning of the next episode is like, I'm evil again. And it was making me so <laughs> mad. And that's what Loki, I feel like is doing here. He's like, Odinson. It's like, all right, Loki, you've accepted your heroic call. What are you doing? What? Why are you fighting what, your brother? What has happened? Stop. <laughs> like now's not the time. They decided not to have him go that way, even though the moment that they filmed the "Your Death Comes by the Son of Odin." Well, so so here's here's the way that I read everything that's going on with Loki, and I, I think it speaks to what we've said: is like this is a person who's doing whatever it takes for himself. Yeah, his intentions at the beginning of the film were essentially just to screw with Thor on his day of coronation, as as he says late, you know, later in the film to Laufey, he says. I just it was just something fun to do to to ruin my brother's big day. That was it. It turned into something that he then saw, oh, you know what? I can use this to kind of have get Thor into more trouble with dad and he kind of tricks Thor into starting a war with Jotunheim. I don't think his intentions were ever to end up on Jotunheim. I think his intent, because, I mean, in the deleted scene, he whispers to a guard to tell them, we find out later, he whispers to the guard when he tells him in the healing room. And and so he was hoping, I mean, even when he talks to, to Heimdall, trying to, quote, 
let them kind of get in, you know, hey, can we can we take the car, dad's car out for a spin? <laughs> um, it was it was all kind of a in a way because he doesn't succeed in his conversation with Heimdall. Thor does. All of the stuff that he's doing are things to kind of, you know, prolong their departure in the hopes that his word gets to Odin so that they potentially would stop before they get there. They ended up going to war, blah, blah, blah. And, and, but then things shift because now he finds out he's a frost giant and all of this sort of thing. And so I, I think that he's perpetually moving through this story, like, especially once he realizes that he's the son of a different king, trying to find ways to kind of like, you know, get ahead. And I mean, he can get Thor banished. Great. That means I get to be king now because dad's in the Odin sleep. And I'm going to do everything I can to keep Thor from coming back. Right. And it's like everything is all for this guy to just always be the victor. And if it means letting the Jotuns in and killing his dad, and then he's the victor, and everyone's like, wow, you saved Odin, you're the hero. I mean, right. that, it's the most triumphant right. uh, victory okay. that he could absolutely have. Except Thor comes back. <laughs> because then if Thor's banished, that means that Odin has to then hand it to him. But that's the thing, right? It's like, I think that, although, you know, you find out later that he's like, I never truly wanted the throne, but I I don't think that that's necessarily true. But I think it's a lot of like, you think you want the throne because you don't know what fulfills you, but like you figure it out later kind of situation. Yeah. But like, I think he definitely, he didn't want the Jotunheim throne. He wanted the Asgardian throne because that's what he wanted since he was a kid. Yeah. Like, just because yeah. he finds out this new thing doesn't change his overall goal because he's like, I have no true, like I have a biological connection to Jotunheim, but that's not where I'm from. I mean, it's a little bit of that guardians of the galaxy. Like he might be your father, but he's not your daddy, you know, right. like, yeah, exactly. it's that kind of situation. And it's the same thing with Odin, even though he knows that he's betraying Odin, like all the time. Uh, and same with Thor. Um, but I mean, Loki is a very, complex character is he extremely flawed absolutely um but uh i think that it's very clearly him always trying to have the upper hand because it's the thing that was also uh what's the word for it? um foreshadowed there you go i got there uh in the <laughs> first scene of like young loki and young thor mm -hmm. where he tells him you are both born to be kings but only one of you will you exactly. know will rise to the throne fight amongst and yourselves yeah, I mean, <laughs> right. it, but it it foretells so much of their futures, like it, like tenfold. I mean, it shows that a the reason why you're both meant to be king is because uh oh, surprise, you were you're actually the son of another king, yeah, a prince, right? Exactly, you are a prince, just not my <laughs> prince, um, right? Right. But uh, the spin doctors did tell us that there would be two princes, so you know uh, <laughs> that, that song uh, was addressed to Odin. One, two princes stand was. before you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you want to rule on Asgard, just right. come on, hey yeah, now. Exactly. Um, so yeah, it's that's it's canon. just yeah, that's canon. Thank you. Uh, that's new new thing. They are prophets of <laughs> Asgard. Um, Spin Doctor Strange. Yeah. <laughs> I was starting to say something, and then I laughed at the same time and inhaled. Well, then cough. I'm going to talk now. So I'm just joking. Go ahead. No, I, I, I'm mostly done. I just think that, like, I think that. Loki is a very fascinating character, but I think it's he's always twisting everything to, again, be out on top. The thing is, is him failing his conversation with Heimdall, I do not think is by mistake. 
Mm-hmm. No, I no, think yeah, that absolutely. at every point he's very intentionally letting Thor be the instigator on everything. Oh, absolutely. Because that's what gets him in trouble and not Loki. Loki's like, oh, I tried to like, you know, give Heimdall a reason to have fault with us so that he wouldn't let us through. But then Thor, of course, just pushed everybody through and uh, <laughs> gee, dad, guess he's a disappointment. Anyway, when do I get to be fitted for the crown? I'm just, you know, how, how does that work? Vis-a-vis, do we you know, fittings? Or, yeah. yeah, like, you know, when you're in the sleep, am I kind of like acting king? <laughs> you know, am I like the vice king? How does this work? King. Have you heard on Midgard, they have this thing. Uh, <laughs> I've been watching this wonderful Midgardian thing called West Wing. And uh, yeah, walk and talk with me, Dad. Or Father. Walk and talk with me. Loki would watch V. Yeah. Um, I... Am appeased. The wish that I set forth at the beginning of this of this week has been fulfilled. By Loki would have been fine. Loki, hey, on minute ninety four, Loki's fine. He's done the plan. He's gotten the frost giants there. He's betrayed them. Saved Dad. What a hero! This is it. And this moment it. right here. And yeah. Unless something wild happens in the next minute, he is going to be king, and he's fine. His plans have been fulfilled. Roll credits. Roll credits, right. That is a wrap on this Loki. This is the end of the film called Loki. Right, exactly. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Hang on. Um, James, I got bad news. Needle scratch. What? There's another minute. That's right. Well, Sorry, guys. Minute, Sorry. But... So, like, that, I'm now appeased about he wasn't just going all willy-nilly wild style. It was <laughs> that he was yeah. he invited the Frost Giants. He was going to betray the Frost Giants and be a big a, a big dang hero. Big hero. A big friggin' hero. Um, and then other things uh, maybe hypothetically take place allegedly. I guess we'll find out. So yeah. I, I feel good about. It. I feel good about. It. I no longer feel confused about why he doesn't. He can't hold on to a loyalty for more than a minute. Um, so it's all good. part of the plan. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's all part of the plan. Turns out he does have daddy issues, so it does explain a lot about him. Right. Yes, and we're going to get well, into more daddy issues in the next minute because <laughs> there are plenty Anakin, uh, mm-hmm. there too. So yep. um, I think that's about it. We've got this point where you know Frigga and she runs to Loki. Loki, you saved him, and everything is hunky dory, and Beautiful. that's it. So let's uh, let's wrap it up. We'll come back, uh, and you know, there's not much to talk about tomorrow. We got some credits and stuff. We'll it's me, wrap, Loki, wrap your only up, son. So. <laughs> exactly that's what we have so uh all right well the two of you thanks again so much for joining me here to discuss minute 94 of thor yeah absolutely thank you for having us absolutely uh remind everyone again where they can find your podcast and tune in to listen to more of you talk about your marvel uh timeline absolutely we can be found uh you can find our twitter feed um at uh twitter.com slash timeline scav um that's where you're going to find uh, what we, you know, we, we linked all the shows we do. Um, we, t- we're going to have a, um, at the end of weeks, we're going to have sort of, this is what we released this week, uh, going into increasing the number of releases we have in a week or uh, putting in, uh, you know, backfill episodes when there are flashbacks that take us uh, back beyond 1931. Apparently other years besides 1931 exist. I'm told. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so if you follow at Timeline Scav, that is a good place to, to, to start. Um, if you want anything else, um, you can follow uh, at Scavengers Net. That's a good uh, place to follow our, our podcast network, Scavengers Network. Um, I'm at Unabashed James. I, I, I don't know if we do that uh, at the end of the week, but that's another good place where I will retweet uh, 
stuff that I'm on when I'm like a guest on stuff. Um, right. I will okay. often do okay. a, a decent job of, uh, of retweeting that kind of stuff from there. And I'm at Colin M. Parker, C-O-L-I-N-M-P-A-R-K-E-R. Excellent. All right. Well, both of you again, thanks so much. And uh, to all of our wonderful listeners, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Uh, get in the co- on the conversation. We'd love to uh, get your thoughts on everything that we're talking about. As Matthew would say, have a good day. And as I always say, until next time, true believers. Marvel Movie Minute is a production of True Story FM, engineering by Andy Nelson. This season's music is One Last Ride by Martin Puringer. Find the show at truestory.fm. And if your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, consider doing that for this show. Mm-hmm.